How would you describe your band? Well, I guess we're really sort of an elemental bean can zap group. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 245 of Video Games Hot Dog, the first one we've done since Kevin moved to the Orient. <laughs> where, where, is Bar- where is Barbados? Not, I'm pretty sure that's not true in any sense. <laughs> it is uh, It is in the Caribbean, or just adjacent to the Caribbean, I guess. Uh, it is just north So the Caribbean of- is Oriental, the Caribbean is Occidental, right? Sure, sure. Uh, it's just north of South America. Like we're not not too far away from like, you know, Venezuela, Brazil, that kind of thing. Okay. Can you see the shadow of that big Jesus in Rio? No, I cannot. Can you see the metaphorical shadow of that big Jesus in Rio? Always. That that I can see anywhere. In the lives of all of the children. Since you got all the augmentations, if there were birth control readily available. <laughs> Uh. So, Kevin, you're in Barbados. Tell I us am. about your Barbados vacation or your barbation. Uh, it's been it's been great. I have spent the majority of my time uh, just sitting on the beach uh, reading uh, "The Name of the Wind" by Patrick Rothfuss. Is that a good book? It's. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I think it is. It's it's all from the point of view of a of a man and like I've just become hypersensitive to like gendered writing and stuff and so it feels a little a little sexist at times a lot sexist at times but how old is it I don't know I I am curious about that I I haven't I didn't really do any uh any research about it it was I was given the book by a friend and said I was I was told read this and i was like okay and so i i saved it for my vacation and then i'm I'm reading it on the beach um but it's it's really the story is really enjoyable um i'm i will probably buy the sequels uh and read them in short order uh well i think there's only one sequel right or actually how many i don't know how long the series is i know people keep yelling at him for playing video games instead of writing the next book (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's i think that's fine uh he he deserves to to do whatever he wants. Uh, I think there is a second book, and maybe there people are waiting on the third one. And I think the third one is supposed to be the end. It's Can you see any video game influence on the writing? <sighs> That's hard to say. It's it's very adventure oriented, but I don't I don't know that that. I don't know that there's necessarily anything. That Are all of the characters game. chasing a high score? Do they do they talk about how many guys they have left, and that's why you think it's sexist because they never talk about how many girls they have I, left? Th- no, actually. Um, I wonder okay. if he wrote this one before he got super into video games. I don't know. I, who knows? I don't think you get super into video games as an adult. Seriously, you don't? not not unless you were an adult like in the seventies. You don't think that people, like, discover it and then get... I mean, like, I knew some people who, like, weren't at all into fish until they... Got really high. Got to college. Phil Fish? (laughs) Yeah, into (laughs) Phil Fish. (laughs) Yeah, I just... I didn't really get video games until... Fez. I oh, wish I could have pulled another game. Oh, you're Phil talking... Fishman. Like, I, I... My non-jokey interpretation of that was the animal fish. Like, oh, I thought huh. that's what you were saying. Okay. 
I think it's possible to discover something and then that thing just turns out to be your your shit, you know? Yeah, but, no, you're right. But, but video games are, are almost too broad. Like, I don't know. Do people get really into, like, sci-fi as adults? Or is that always a holdover from your youth? I, I feel like, by far, if someone is, like, into sci-fi or video games as an adult, it they almost certainly got into it as a kid. Uh, and the... the I mean, it makes sense because both sci-fi and video games are for children. They they stereotypically are, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, which is not to say there aren't exceptions, but I just because of the, the, uh, the, I think there's just a vast majority of people who, uh, who would, would have gotten into it as kids. I mean, if, if you're Elon Musk, you just assume that we're all living in a video game. Uh, (laughs) so. I've yeah I've seen a number of arguments to that effect. Some of them were mathematically convincing. Oh, that that what we are experiencing is in fact a simulation rather than yeah. a real universe. Oh, uh oh, watch out for the basilisk. <laughs> yeah, that's scary too. Wait, what? Why? Roku's basilisk. Have you heard about that? No, the Roku basilisk. <laughs> Wait, one in every fifty ba- Roku's is packaged <laughs> with a basilisk gag inside turns it. You to uh, stone as soon as you. <laughs> Yeah, so Roko's Basilisk is um a concept that you're really like just better off not knowing about. Like so don't like so it's just skip like consider this spoilers for like for life. if if being <laughs> yeah. spoiled means dying. Um well, not really. <laughs> but, well, maybe worse. I, I, I personally uh, so think it's the, think the, it's a crock. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, I don't I don't think the arguments that I've well, read, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's related to a croc. It's but it's more right. More like an alligator. It's with six legs. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's based on the idea that something that people are conflicted uh, is likely to happen. Um, so the idea is that Roko's Basilisk, and this is where you skip ahead 30 seconds, Roko's Basilisk <laughs> is the concept that if you don't assist a, uh, in this case, an AI in coming to power, it will punish you afterwards. Okay. And there is no reason for it to punish you if you weren't aware of the idea that you should, you have this incentive to assist it. Okay. So, so it, it presumably knows that you've skipped forward. Yes. Like it, if it <laughs> thanks for not offering me the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the, you're going to suffer, Zach, so bad. The version you just I know that my was... skill set will come in really handy. And, and so this is something that, I can, that can actually be applied to non like if you consider a, like AI is rising to power to be ridiculous. It could also be applied to like uh, a normal human revolution coming to power. Mm. Um, the difference Pascal's be- wager, right? Well, right. the difference being well. I'll, the difference being that humans are less likely to apply the the pure logic of like if they didn't know better then you can't punish them for it the the version i originally heard of it was a little was was more uh was more complicated in that it wasn't that the ai would punish Skip you again 30 seconds again guys <laughs> yeah it wasn't that the ai would would punish you for for not assisting it was that the or or well it was that, but the form that that punishment was going to take was that it would oh, computer generate were- an, an exact analog of you within its computer network to torture. So the question yeah. was, do you care if a simulacrum, if a computer simulacrum of you is being tortured 
if you have no no external objective reference to determine whether or not that's you or not. So I have no yeah, mouth, and I must. That sounds like the, yeah. an unnecessary complication. Yeah, that did seem. That does sound like a grad school thesis from a time when it you could have gotten super baked, and then like, read this new short story. I have no mouth, and I must. It, scream. it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all if, like, the original example was that. Hmm. But also, I. But I think the the simplified form of it is a lot. Yeah, that's more. It, it's simpler to think about on its own. <laughs> to, what was that thing that Bennett Foddy and and uh oh, not Zach Gage, the person that I was confused with Zach Gage. <laughs> Zach Johnson. Oh yeah, that was it. Uh no, Doug Henning. Johann Sebastian Doug McFarland. Jo- Johann Sebastian oh. Joust. Oh. Doug Wilson. Oh man, now I can't remember. Doug Wilson, yeah. Okay. Uh so it was something about like if we build a quantum computer. The the instant that you turn it on, in order for it to work, it means that there are an infinite number of copies of it in parallel universes doing everything that it's possible for it to do, including simulating a lot of suffering of entities that are conscious of the suffering yeah. <laughs> that, that they are experiencing. So is it immoral to turn on that computer? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a valid philosophical question. I, have we talked about the, uh, I think the movie's called Source Code? I don't know that we have. I think we've all seen it. Uh, the, the premise of the movie is that there is a character who is uh, repeatedly replaying the same scenario by visiting alternate universes where it is happening. Um, and the uh, one of the characters in the movie, uh, their philosophy is that this person is not there to save like this disaster the people from the disaster that's about to happen, he's just trying because, uh, it's not, it's already happened in the universe that they got, he is from that. This person is just trying to investigate what's, what happened in order to, uh, it's basically doing oh, police work like, after uh, the fact. Like dude in, in, uh, nine, 12, 12, 12 monkeys. Right. He's not trying uh, yeah. to stop it. He's just trying to find out what happened. Right. With, um, with the theory that like, you can either find the guy and punish him or, potentially send somebody else back and change it once you know once you have enough information, well, the, in, right? I think in both 12 Monkeys and in this movie, the one of the the, the premise is that you can't change yeah, it's, it. Yeah, it's, it's like deterministic time travel like and everything that happened already happened. Um, and was so... That, was that true in the this, 12 Monkeys? Not to not to go even cr- further down this rabbit yeah. hole, but I, I feel like... It, they, yeah, yeah it, they, were, they were just trying to get a sample of it from when it from before it mutated so they could figure out a cure for the mutated version. Of the virus. Oh, so that so they intentionally give him the gun and like set the cycle going, like at the end. Is, are you talking about the ending that I didn't understand? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Because like I had always, I had just sort of casually interpreted that as them trying to change the past and not and prevent the spread of the disease, but then they actually caused the spread. But now, you, so this interpretation oh. is that they did that on purpose because uh, I no, don't, I don't remember the it. events in the airport having anything that would actually cause what, what, what is it that you, that, that happened in that scene that you think caused it? To well, he was, I feel he, like the they guy, just failed to not. I, I'm not convinced this is good podcast they material, make him guys. <laughs> well, so uh, anyway, I think the premise though is that they can't change. They know that they can't change what happened, that everything, everything that they're experiencing 
like only the future can change based on what happens when they send people back. Right. But that's right. not what I was talking about. <laughs> what I was talking about this other premise. No, but in where, source code, what, but it's the same deal. Like you can't, well, do, you can't bring anything back. You can't change anything. All you can do is bring back information. But what I was going to go into was that I don't remember if this happens in the movie, but if I remember right, this guy keeps like saving people in these alternate universes. Right. Yeah. Um, and these are, if you like, uh, to to as far as we can tell, these are real people in these parallel universes that the real lives that he's saving, um, and in in a sense, like what, what the one of the best things this person could do for humans is to just replay this scenario over and over and over again saving in all these different parallel time. universes, saving thousands of people every time, um, because those thousands of lives are still worth a thousand human lives, um. But on the other hand, if you consider that there are uh, billions of other parallel, presumably many more zeros than billions of parallel universes out there, you should maybe, and, and, and a, uh, a proportional number of additional humans than there are in this world, then maybe human life isn't as valuable as we were considering it. Well, but a lot of them also have versions of you that presumably are in similar enough circumstances that they're doing the same thing, right? So, like... <laughs> That's a good point. Like, I guess the question is, like, and, and it's actually, I think this is not, I think this is a pretty answered question. There is... The version, that like, the, of all of the existing parallel universes, there are way more of them where there's no... Jim Crawford than where there is a Jim Crawford because Jim Crawford is a pretty common name. There's a famous race car driver (laughs) of all of the uh, like the the, the proportion of universes in which there are humans is vanishingly small compared to because like if the if the idea is that every time there is any probabilistic event at the atomic level, the universe splits. Right. I mean, this is just like un inconceivably high numbers of branches. It's nuts. It doesn't make any sense. Wait, so what was the question you said was answered? Well, whether... What the weather is like in Barbados. Yeah. (laughs) What is the weather like in Barbados? We've got an app. Before we we leave this topic, I want to give the listeners a homework assignment. If you want to think more about... um, and you, if you haven't already had these thoughts and you want to think more about uh, torturing duplicates of yourself, <laughs> you should watch the uh, Christmas special of Black Mirror. Oh, God. Yeah, that was that was good. I, I haven't seen any Black Mirrors. I really like the Christmas special. I A thought- lot of the... So, Black... Uh, okay, now we're talking about Black Mirror. Like, I... <laughs> A lot of Black Mirror was really hard for me to be interested in because it was just exploring a sci-fi idea I had thought about 10 years ago because I had read a bunch of sci-fi. But not but all Jim Crawfords have done that. So. Right. And not all humans who watch TV have done that. So it's valuable for them. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people that were really, really, really blown away by the premise of the Matrix, which I think explains the popularity of the Matrix. Sure. But like for, you know, for me and my like Denny's friends, it was like, mm, okay. No, we, yeah. I mean, and the other people are like, oh, we took some philosophy classes. Like, no, <laughs> right. Uh, this is not like. I mean, that's actually one of the reasons I like the second Matrix movie more because it was talking about how this had happened. Like, the idea that this was a thing that had happened multiple times and like they just added more depth to it that was like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of cool 
the hmm. idea that like plus there's that sick rave sure that's sick rave <laughs> the idea that like the first matrix had been had been effectively eden you know like the the biblical story of eden uh but that humans had rejected it because it was too too good well they, they they say that in the first movie do they but yeah, yeah. Well, but, they, does but they talk about how this is just the second version a character second? says it. I don't remember. I thought that. so. Okay. I mean, maybe they left it open enough that they were able to say what they said in the second movie. I've never rewatched the second and third Matrix movies. No, me neither. I did read a I, lot of the dialogue from the first one, though, in in writing the the recent oh, yeah. for Kingdom. I just rewatched it because uh, I hadn't seen it in a really long time. I, you know, there were so many really powerful ideas in the second one. I don't, it, it, it made me sad. <laughs> like, you know, like werewolves. Yeah. Like, yeah. That mm-hmm. was neat. But <laughs> like the execution was kind of, yeah. Is the third one worth watching? I've ne- still never seen the third one. I know people don't tend to like it, but I, I thought it was about as good as the second one. It's yeah. fine. I remember them being pretty indistinguishable. The second was the second one, the one with the guy with all the keys and with so, the yeah. twins that were like those banshee dudes. Yeah, yeah. And the werewolves at, and the Merovingian. The Merovingian. He's from Merovingia, guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, movies. Yes. How did we get onto this? This was quantum. We were talking about the weather in Barbados, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I went and saw. No, we're talking about Co- Coco's Basilisk and <laughs> yes, source, that's source it. code. Yeah, that and uh, there's you know just as our gift to humanity, we're not going to put that in the show notes. <laughs> Coco's Basilisk, right? Okay. Is it Roco's Basilisk? I'm not. Yeah. St- you're gonna have to rewind, guys, because I'm not saying it. <laughs> the, okay, the Rococo Basilisk. <laughs> it's like the you know, it's like the uh, philosopher's version of the game. Oh, the one you lose, but went losing is being eternally tortured in a pocket universe. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the stakes are higher, <laughs> but otherwise right. it's basically the same. Man, wow. If, if, if hell is just like the, the like random scattered reports of people who've actually like somehow managed to escape from these like infinite torture dimensions cool <laughs> i think zach and i were just talking about how hell is probably where you have to watch all the not safe for life videos that you didn't click on when you were alive <laughs> yeah hell is just your your rotten.com now right? oh god you know rotten.com just seems like such a quaint and innocent thing <laughs> now. Yeah. I remember when you had to like buy CD-ROMs for, to see that stuff. Yeah. Like, the internet wasn't good enough to stream it, so you would order a CDR full of that shit. Yeah. Or, yeah. Ugh, man, I, I saw was, some... I was never... Saw some shit in the 90s. I was never yep. the kind of kid that wanted to see that stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, to... to to be clear, I didn't order any of these CDs, but I knew people who did. My dad, nominally as part of his job, like had a lot of like books at the sheriff's office. That oh were, yeah, like, crime scene 
photos and like this is what different kinds of corpses look like after different kinds of injuries yeah yeah well there are people like also people who like like facebook moderators part of their job is looking at horrific shit all day long yep i mean i think that the overwhelming majority of stuff that those people look at is just normal facebook photos i bet it i I don't well i don't well they they, they look at the stuff that's been reported oh really is that yeah it's flagged by users so it's a probably a that. lot of like nipples and like mother's breastfeeding. Most and likely, stuff. a lot. Most of it is that is yeah, but, relatively. Uh, yeah, like, I should get that job. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's nothing stopping you from using all of the tools now to just be like a gross troll. <clears throat> there's no shortage of like. I mean, you can take a lot of really unacceptable photos just with yourself and a camera. Yeah, yep. No problem. I got this covered. Hmm. You, know, you <laughs> got all... uncovered, and that's the problem. <laughs> uh, there's nothing grosser than our own bodies, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I saw some human uh, beings. I saw some cool caves in Barbados. There's like speaking a... of, <laughs> <laughs> tell us more about the caves. There's a so there's this one large cave, uh, sort of underground, uh, and then there's a where cool they go, Kevin. Kevin. Yes. What? No. Wait. <laughs> just listen. I'm okay. And there's a second cave that I went to that is uh, it's a sea cave, so it's like technically underground, but it's also open to the air where you can like see the ocean and stuff. Uh, Wait. So it's called a sea cave because you can see the ocean from yes, it. Exactly. <laughs> um. So was the other one a here cave at least? <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's apparently also some other synth caves, but uh, I did not. I did not get to experience them. How, what so were the caves cool? Yeah, there was lots of different kinds of uh, formations, uh, like stalactites and stalagmites in process, uh, and like weird. I guess what, I forget what they are called, but like uh, deposits that looked more like sort of cloth that folding like folding cloth and stuff like that that was really cool looking um you know there's something about exploring a space where you go underwater and then come up in a place that's in the where you come up and find air in a place that's fully enclosed you so you have to go through the water to get there Mm -hmm. that's really cool to me and i think i just think that because there was a space like that in mario 64 (laughs) And, and I've certainly never encountered one in real life, and I'm not even sure if it's possible. There's a lot of there's a lot no, of it, caves yeah. that require <clears throat> it happens all water. the time. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a James Terrell exhibit in a museum that was like it was just in a museum, but you had to do that in order to get into where the art was. Oh fuck yeah, man! You had to go underwater I, to get to it. That's yeah. almost as good as getting a star. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know where this is, and I don't know... Like, I think when I found I, I out about it, it, it wasn't there anymore. I bet it doesn't exist anymore, yeah. yeah. Um, That's cool. Did you have to, like, swim, yeah, and then they made, swim through it? And then, you, yeah, you, you had to... You explicitly had to, like, go completely underwater, like, in your museum clothes to get into it. Like, was part of the part of the deal. And then they made Bubsy 3D about him. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have anything that cool in Bubsy 3D. Well, no, that Bubsy... The Bubsy game that they made and released a couple of years ago was, like, Bubsy goes to the James Terrell exhibit. Right, right, but you didn't go underwater in it. Oh, okay. So there wasn't... So it was, a, it was nominally about James Terrell, but it didn't actually show any of James Terrell's cool stuff. <laughs> Not that one, anyway. Okay. 
they they had the mode where you were a ghost and you could chat with other ghosts. Ooh. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think that was, he did another exhibit like that where in order to get into the exhibit, you had, had to, to die. Had to die. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's awesome, guys. <laughs> yep. Worth the price of admission. What have you been up to, Riff? Mm, pretty much just working. It's It's been pretty steady work because I had... I had a pretty complicated thing on my work plate. So. <laughs> oh. Was it like a pile of gears? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Were they made know. of chocolate? Uh, they're made of eggs and murder. Whoa. Hmm. One of those things is edible. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so basically I've been spending my days working on that and coding for that, and uh, and then, like, the evenings have been Pokemans, pretty much. I started- Pokemans Go, or- Oh, no, I, I, I do not have access to that beta. Uh, just, uh, I, I finished uh, Pokemon Soul Silver and started Pokemon Platinum. Oh, wait, is there, like, a for real new Pokemon game out- that is coming out in November. That's Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh. They're going to run out of uh, so it, pairs of things eventually. Yeah, th- got- maybe someday they'll do chocolate and strawberry. Pokemon mm. Oral and Suppository. <laughs> Some of those Pokemon are pretty spiky. But Pokemon po- Oral and Written. <laughs> Pokemon in prison and not in prison. <laughs> Pokemon pronoun and gerund. Pokemon Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yes, and then the third version in that one can just be Pokemon Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would the third one be for in prison and not in prison? Oh, huh. Uh, Sch- Schrodinger's convict. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be a good... Schrodinger's cat would be a good Pokemon. He'd be really tough, but when you throw the ball, you don't know if there's going to be anything in there or not. <laughs> hmm. He could be twice as powerful as... I know how game balance works. Yeah. He could be twice as powerful as the normal Pokemon if it only existed half the time. But if it didn't exist, it also erases all of the others from everybody else's games. Ooh. There you go. Online component. <clears throat> do you guys want to uh, want to read some listeners' mail from listeners? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Schick writes, I just found out there's a room escape thing that opened up here in my hometown. After hearing you guys not really talk about all the ones you've done, I'm super excited to try one out. Any general hints for how to approach them? Yes. Mm. Communicate. Okay. So you, you basically, you want to go with a team of people, ideally that you know, but even if you don't, just make sure that everybody says out loud everything that they find and do. Yeah. Uh, and that makes a huge difference because then that then everybody is sort of on the same page about what's going on. Yeah, um, and if and if for example, if somebody finds a puzzle or something that has to do with a particular skill set, then somebody else can say, "Oh, I'm really good at crossword puzzles. I'll, let me look at that." Right. And if you find yeah, like it, all bring all bring all the green things to this table when yeah. you find them, yeah. and I'll figure out the green things puzzle. You just got to be. Probably more assertive than you want to be. Yeah. And maybe more assertive than the other members of your group want you to be in order to be successful at them. Like, it's not 
It's easier along those lines. It becomes easier when you go with friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's real. It's real easy to just let everyone else do everything and just be sort of hovering around the periphery. <laughs> and if you do that, it's not going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it might be fun. I mean, if if all you want to do is see well, it, okay. And if you you know, yeah. and if you're the kind of person that can like delight in other people having fun, then that's cool. For you know, you did not like. Oh man! To- Speaking of which, Mario Marathon is in two weeks, and I'm super excited. Is that an actual marathon or? 26.2 miles of Mario. Yeah. Oh, man. Just break up all the games into miles. Uh, it, it's a, a live it's a streaming marathon, except once per block, you have to, like, jump and hit your head on a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it sounds nice. <laughs> sounds like you're exercising more things than usual. Uh, it's a live streaming, and it's an annual live streaming event that's been happening for, like, eight years. This is something that, like, is... If it w- they started doing it now, would be super uninteresting and mundane. But because they started doing it in two thousand seven, hmm. before it was, uh, else was inter- doing this kind of thing, it was a novelty, and people uh, who, people have been watching this marathon, not not literally a marathon, but a live streaming event for for something like eight years. Um, it's still it's been going on continuously for eight years. No, was, they do it like a lot they do it once a year. They do it for for an entire year. year. It lasts for one um, year. <laughs> oh man, I I I wonder if they have uh, enough of an audience that would pay them to do that. Just to just always time. be playing it. Yeah, those to ABPM. If so, this is a, an event that's that's happening for charity. I wonder if uh, there there are enough of them that they could hypothetically keep the event going year round. I wonder like how much people would have to donate to charity in order to keep that going. Like at that point, like they're giving up their lives. There's gotta be a cash value, um, to, to keep it going around the clock for the rest of their lives. You mean there's like, there's gotta be an amount that they would do it for. Like that, not, not that there's like some objective amount that one human's time is worth, right? Uh, They, they, well, they would have to decide what that is for them, right? right, I mean, this, I mean, that's really, you're just describing any job. Source code (laughs) issue, right? Cause like, that's true. Arguably the thing that would do the best for humanity is for them to just always be playing Mario. Right. Yep. Or just try to find some way of communicating with the version of the universe where that is just what their life was. Right. Right. And then just broadcast that. And then they could also have a different job. Oh, wow. Like, they could oh, be man. getting paid for it. That mm, massively. If your job is just work do, by if you're just if your job is just doing stuff on a screen for people, you could just exploit a parallel universe version of you who's doing it for free. <laughs> or you could exploit someone in India. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, Cyber34 writes, On the topic of not wanting to potentially outsource last week, do you also feel wrong when you're (laughs) buying products or services from other regions? What if they're produced there? Also, in general, for the most important programming and other developer-slash-art jobs, such as the core gameplay or art for the main characters to a local team that you can uh, totally control and steer in the right direction. Minor stuff like miscellaneous or non-important art or platform porting is great for outsourcing. You'll notice a lot of bigger companies have Ukrainian or other Eastern European sub-studios for making the PC port of their big games like Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty. Oh, also, it's just Ukraine, the Ukraine, which is what it was called back during the USSR days. I myself don't really care, but I've known other Ukrainians feeling that it was very disrespectful name to be used to denote the lack of sovereignty of the country during those times. Oh, well, I remember when it was still the USSR and it was just called the Ukraine. So I apologize for. I just 
ordered glasses from Zenny Optical, which I think is in China. And I didn't feel like a jerk until now. Thanks. It's, yeah, it's, I mean. I, it's, I, I definitely feel like it, the people in China need the money more than the people here. So, like, in that sense, I feel like I'm actually helping out. I don't want a world where price sensitivity is the primary driving factor behind everything that happens. I think we do live in that world. I mean, McDonald's has destroyed agriculture. (laughs) Like, you know, Walmart is, I, I, I think, like, morally ruinous. But because everyone will always just buy the cheapest version that you offer them. And because like, I mean, it's easy for me to talk because I, you know, I'm a middle-class white dude. Right. So it's, yeah, I don't get like a charge from buying locally produced stuff. I think it's fun to go to a farmer's market, but I don't think that I'm like a better person because I bought eggs from a guy from, you know, Napa Valley or whatever. I just think the eggs taste better than the ones at the grocery store, um, because of all the superiority. But you, but you <laughs> right. are. I mean, but you are. It is better for the world to do that, right? Like to buy things that are locally produced because there yeah, are so many. Probably, it's certainly better for like the people around you. Well, but not just that, but like the environmental impact of having to ship stuff further, like. There are, yeah. there are a bunch yeah, of things you can right. point to and be like, this is a good reason to do something locally. Uh, but you, but say you instead took the, the, the difference b- that you would pay between, you know, grocery store eggs and farmer's market eggs, and you gave that to a charity like Give Directly, which just distributes the money to people who need money in very poor countries. Would that be doing? Uh, would that be a more effective way to make the world a better place? Uh, man, trying am- to maximize that kind of thing is super difficult. I think it's super difficult, and it's like it. <sighs> Thinking about charity, if you want to do a good job at it, is really fucking hard. And thinking about how to do the best thing you can every every decision you make in your life is just it there's nobody has that kind of yeah no it's i mean it's just crippling right yeah i don't know i tend to skew kantian about stuff like that like when it when i'm trying to evaluate a a sort of ethical decision i think would i want to live in a world where everyone made the same choice as me at this juncture and if i think yes then i think that's the right choice and if i think no you know like, I, I think that th- th- these rules should apply to everyone except me, then I know I'm probably on the wrong track. Right. Which I guess means, yeah, you got to buy locally because if you, if no one does, well, then everybody's just, I mean, like everybody in China is buying shit from America and everybody in America is buying shit <laughs> from China is what happens there. So yeah, it all works out. It all comes out in the wash. It's just an extremely inefficient world. It, but all, it's com- not it a- all comes out in the CO2 in the atmosphere, which kills everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michael Pollan concluded of like organic food that it's not any better for you, but it's better for the environment. Yeah, that's totally plausible to me. Right. Like, 
and it wasn't even like organic food like at the grocery store because he sort of determined that that actually doesn't mean anything like the rules for whether you can say that your food is organic are are like so lax as to be meaningless right but like sustainable agriculture like or maybe it was that the sustainable stuff actually was better for you health wise like i know that like they talk about how like fish is healthy in a way that beef is not because of the, the kinds of, because of the kinds of fat in it but grass fed beef has this is like equivalent to fish in terms of the fats that are in it like it's only industrial beef that, that exhibits the properties that makes beef worse for you than fish think how good fish would be for you if it was grass fed fish yeah <laughs> or what what if it was fish fed cows <laughs> oh wow yeah like can you Isn't imagine just cows dolphin? that, <laughs> that a dolphin of the sea <laughs> yeah. uh cows that like go down to the river the and, ocean's like, dolphin catch fish like bears <laughs> oh hey oh. speaking of which i i went on that's so i did two i did two things that i forgot that i wanted to talk about on the podcast one is that i went to a paul simon concert what um which was fine was okay there uh, yeah uh paul simon's old and he's pretty good at music he is when he sings his songs the songs of his that are newer sound better than the songs of his that are older because like the older a song he tries to sing the older he sounds trying to sing it huh like when he did stuff from graceland and rhythm of the saints it was like okay your voice sounds approximately the same as it did in the late 90s oh so although graceland was like 88 or something right something like that yeah, yeah. so uh but oh by the way i i am convinced that um there's a track on graceland that was the basis for the um the 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 demo mode that Wesley Willis used for like a third of his songs. <laughs> Which one? Which track? I forget. I think it's the one where he actually like talks about going to Graceland. Okay, yeah. Oh, well, that would make sense. Yeah. Hmm. So that's a this is a homework assignment is to <laughs> find out which one that is and write in and tell me how crazy I am for thinking that. Uh, and, and also I watched uh, Grizzly Man. I, I continued my... I'm, I'm going to try to do one Herzog per week. Cool. <laughs> That's I got to figure out what to call that unit. We need to come <laughs> up with a weekly Herzog jingle to play right now for like every 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 time you talk about yeah. that in the podcast. It's the Herzog Minute. <laughs> Man, you know what else I found out? So I was, I was thinking about whether I was going to... So I'm sitting where Kevin usually sits because Kevin's in Barbados. So I was thinking, should I, should I make a joke about how i've seen the studio from both sides now but that's like a weird Joni mitchell joke from love actually <laughs> but so it was, i probably shouldn't because nobody would get it but then i remembered that i looked up Joni mitchell the last paragraph in like Joni mitchell is still alive last subject heading in wikipedia morgulon's advocacy what what is what? that what Morgulons is that disease that no one except the people who claim to have it oh. believe is real. I where you was get like Morgellons. Oh, is it Morgellons? It's M O R G E L L O N S. Okay, you're yeah, probably right. But it's like they say that like blue fibers grow out of their skin, and no doctor believes that it's it's like one of those things like electrical sensitivity or whatever that like there are a lot of groups who are very committed to the idea of like raising awareness of it, but doctors just think it's 
like an anxiety disorder. Wait, right. so, so it's a basically. thing where they believe that there are visible symptoms, but no one else can see them? Or that they tricky, believe huh? there's a conspiracy to, <laughs> to make them think they're crazy or something. Oh, wow. That would be so horrible. <laughs> If if, if like, there was we, a conspiracy, yeah, if we just all had agreed to, to like yeah. screw over a subset of the population or something. Oh, man. Wikipedia, Morgulans, also called Morgulans disease or Morgulans syndrome, is the informal name of a self-diagnosed skin condition that is actually a form of delusional disorder in which individuals believe they are infested with inanimate material like sand, hairs, thread, or fibers, while in reality, no such infestation is present. So. Mm, even this seems contentious. It doesn't really seem contentious. Yeah. So if you have this disease, I'm very sorry for you. It like this conspiracy sounds like they're really out to get you. <laughs> and Joni Mitchell. They're really out to get Joni Mitchell as well. Yeah. You should go commiserate. Jeez. That's that's super fucked up. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, Grizzly Man. I really enjoyed it a lot. Have you guys seen it? No. no. I have not. It, Kevin, you have, right? I have not. No, I've not seen any oh. of his like, recent works. So, oh. Because like, I, I had well, written okay. him off a long time ago. So I, I, okay, I so am Grizzly Man, schooled. Grizzly Man is a documentary about this guy named Timothy Treadwell, who from like 2000 to 2013 after after like seemingly kind of hitting rock bottom as an alcoholic decided to dedicate his life to going every summer to Alaska to this preserve where all of these grizzly bears lived and like living among the grizzly bears and studying them and uh protecting them from poachers and then the rest of his year like going to schools and doing presentations about the grizzly bears, like just sort of advocating for grizzly bears and how they're great and they're really friendly and they're really awesome and they're just misunderstood. And then in 2013, he was eaten by a grizzly bear, like predictably. So well, uh, the, and, what's not predictable is that it took 13 years. And, and <laughs> he, he had, he had recorded hundreds and hundreds of hours of home video footage of himself interacting with these bears and like talking about stuff, like just talking about life and like doing like many, many takes of things. Like he was eventually going to, going to put together a documentary, but then he died before he did anything with it. And so they were like, we should give this to Werner Herzog. And then Werner <laughs> Herzog went and like interviewed people that he knew. And like that he found like the craziest people in Alaska to talk to, like, which just seems to be like the thing that he does. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah. One thing I, I, I definitely get the impression that Werner Herzog is not an unbiased documentarian by any means. Fuck no. He like he just he editorializes, and it, and it's like it'll just be going along documentary, documentary, documentary. Here's what I think. Documentary, documentary, like documentary. He, he, he appears and there's on no, camera and says, "Here's what he, I think." He only appeared on camera once in in this one. And not at all in, in Encounters at the End of the World, but um, just, he was just like, obviously this guy is crazy. Nature does not give a fuck about us. These are just evolved murdering machines, right. <laughs> obviously. And then just goes on, like, with the rest of the thing. Like, is like, I mean, it's like very, it, it's like this just weird, like, sudden, and now it's time for Nihilism Corner with Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah. Like, with Uncle Werner. Uh, but... <laughs> 
man, it was, it, it, it starts out like the guy, the guy that is the subject of the documentary is like, it seems like he would just be fucking insufferable to hang out with. I mean, now he's dead, but he seems like a guy that you would meet at a bar and you would just think, man, I'm glad I'm not that guy. It was, it was sad, but he's not, he, I mean, he's depicted in a way that is very like, there, there were clearly a lot of choices made in what footage got shown, right? And they show him at some of his worst moments and then also at some of his just like craziest, like he just like, it was almost always just him there, except for some scenes where the, where Herzog points out here, he's pretending to be alone when in fact his girlfriend is with him, who just never appears on camera. Like she went with him the last few years, was uh-huh. also killed by the bear that he was oh, killed wow, by. Same incident. But is just, I didn't know that. But is just omitted from the footage, except in a couple of shots. Like there were two few second shots of her like in the distance facing away from the camera, like in all in all of it. And like, there are things where you only know that she's there because this is a handheld shot that he's in where it's tracking him, which yeah. everything else is on a tripod. Like, yeah. So it's, it's really good. It's just, I mean, you know, it's just sort of about a so tragedy of a crazy guy. Did the bear that. Was it a new bear? Was it a bear that didn't know him? Or? No, it was like a grouchy old bear that that, that, that he, had he had known, known for wow. a long time. Apparently, yeah. Did that was finally the... had enough of his shit? Yeah, this guy's insufferable. Did they like have video footage of them being killed? They had audio, which no one in the story except the Undertaker, and then you see Werner Herzog himself. The one time you see him on camera is him listening to the audio on a camcorder that was Treadwell's that his like ex-girlfriend who is interviewed as part of it has. And he just says, you should turn this off. You should destroy this without ever listening to it. Wow. Wow. Like he just like straight up tells her you should not ever listen to it. Like, like I, I think that you should destroy this tape immediately because it's always going to be the white elephant in the room, which was just this adorable, like not English as a first language, like mixed metaphor. But yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm excited about continuing this this Herzog journey. This Werny. <laughs> where are you gonna watch? <laughs> what are you gonna watch next? I don't know. Uh, we've we have gotten, and I don't want to do it this week, but one of these weeks, uh, we got from one of our longtime listeners uh, the assignment. One of the one of the top tier Patreon backers who gets to choose an assignment. He has chosen to assign us. Uh, bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Nice as our assignment. So versus just Sever. To, just have to watch a movie. <laughs> I am. I'm 100 percent behind that because I've because right, you've already seen it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to watch it again, though. Do yeah, we? That's fine. I will. Totally, do we have to watch totally all will. the all the other movies in the series to get a context? I. I it's standalone, as far okay. as I know. And I think yeah, there I've heard, only I've one heard one. that you need not. But yeah, it's it's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage performances. Cyber34 writes, you can go offline on Dark Souls 1 on PC. You just go offline in Steam, and then Dark Souls 1 is also offline. Also, in DS1 and DS3, you cannot be invaded unless you are human slash embered, though in Dark Souls 3, you get embered after every boss fight. There's very little reason to be human in Dark Souls 1, except very occasionally kindling bonfires or summoning for bosses. So I got several hours deep into Dark Souls 1, and I have no idea what the fuck any of those words mean. I... 
could explain them all to you, but it would be like very technical and I'm not um, sure it so would be here, helpful. Here's what I'm more interested in. How did you learn? I did a lot of reading. Okay. Um, How did the first man learn? Yeah. <laughs> I think like if you like listen to, and I've, I've actually gone back and done a little bit of this. You listen to podcasts, like if you listen to the giant bomb cast where Vinny and Brad are talking about playing Dark Souls for the first time, it, nobody knows what's going on. There is so much, there was so much misinformation and so much just like this game is a mysterious artifact that has appeared. Let's try to figure it out. I mean, I remember going on Bonfireside chat and saying, so I, I, and saying, I chose to put all of my points into strength because I read that that would make you swing your weapons faster. And that is apparently just a myth. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And they told me that. And so, yeah. And I mean, that's like the appeal of it, right? Is that it. That's one of it like, supports. I mean, obviously it's, it's also a really good game. So, but it, but it's, it, it's sort of deliberate inscrutability seems to like be what it's, gave it its, its mythos. It definitely at first. Um, there are a lot of good things about that game. And if you're into that sort of thing and you can handle it, um, then that, then that's absolutely a, a, a good thing about it. Um, and I do think that, like, for the people who were discovering that game um, for the first time when it was released, I think that was probably an incredible experience. It's that that exact experience isn't really available to you now. And the experience of, like, going it alone by yourself is nowadays is probably a little bit too punishing. And the like, so what you're most likely to do is to just do a like a self-managed uh like where you you just set a rule for yourself or like i'm only gonna like look up information um after i finish an area and then you can yeah. like i will go back and things or, like that i'll only summon help for a boss after i fail t- 10 times or whatever yeah right um and s- I, I think that I summoned help on bosses without understanding what I was doing. I think that's very likely, yeah. And that's... It's it's one of the weird things you can do in that game. And, like, as, a, as an experience, I think that's super interesting. Like, you just did this co-op boss fight without knowing what was going on. Did you... Do you think it was an NPC or do you think it was another player? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, sometimes it can be hard to tell if you don't know how to look for the cues. Yeah, and um, if they don't have a stupid name. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, on the other hand, like, I, I think it's also totally, like, Dark Souls does a lot of things, like, it has this reputation for being very hard, but it does a lot of things to let you manage the difficulty. Oh, yeah. Uh, and one of them is the summoning system, which yeah. trivializes a lot of boss fights. Seri- oh, seriously, um, the difference between the difference between a boss having constant aggro on you and a boss that is dividing it between you and another guy is like night and day. It's enormous. It's enormous, and like it, it to the point where like if you do that for every boss fight, it it's probably easier than your average game. Um, I also think it's totally valid to go even further and just like just fucking follow the strategy guide uh you'll still get a lot of value out of the game you still have to like 
you, you still have to perform the actions, which are not trivial to learn. And you're still going to get the, uh, the world building and the story. You're just going to be surprised less. Well, you're going to be frustrated less, too, because yeah. you're not going to have the experience of constantly going places that aren't where you're supposed well, to go. Sure. Surprises include, like, really frustrating surprises. Yeah. Right, but also yeah. not knowing, like, I mean, my, I told you about my initial experience of the game, right? Which was like, well, uh, oh, yeah. I've heard this game is really hard, so maybe I just have to get way better to beat these skeletons right. in this graveyard that very much appear to be the first level of this game. Yep. And there definitely exist lists that are, like, the middle ground between like not actually reading the strategy guide and playing from the guide, but there there are tons of sites that will tell you go to this area first, and then the next area you want after that is this area, and so right. you you have that little bit of guidance without spoiling the details. I, but things like just the fundamental systems of the game, like apparently the whole humanity system is really really important, and I have no like just was completely unaware of it the entire time that I played and got like, I mean, I don't know, like I beat that gargoyle on the roof and I think I got into like the lower undead burg, which is, I mean, like a quarter of the way through the game That's or something. A, yeah, something like that. Right. What, and I have no idea what that system is. Yeah, I mean. And apparently you, it's like really important. It's It's important, but. Obviously, it wasn't important enough that you couldn't get that far. I bet you could finish the game without knowing what humanity is. Mm. Oh, the humanity meter <laughs> on the right. left side of the screen. That's yeah, yep. what I was missing. Yep. I guess we don't need to actually explain what humanity is. I mean, I, I don't think it would be a like. It, I don't think it would be a good podcast to go into all those details about you're what so, it is. you're so meta. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> deciding whether or not something would be good podcasting is good podcasting. Dude. It doesn't matter oh, okay. in, in every possible universe. All well, different podcasts. What about berating me fine. for? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great podcast. Okay, all right. See, what what you lack is confidence, Jim. It's not. It's not that you're not better at this than me. It's that you don't think you're better at this than me. <laughs> okay. That's the important thing. Um. Have you guys played any video games? Have we reached the video? I mean, we've been talking about Dark Souls for 45 minutes, which I think means we're into the video games part of the podcast. Yeah, we already talked Riff about my Pokemans. Pokemans, so next. I, I We've just been, I've been playing Bloodborne, we've been talking about that, so uh, I've also been playing uh, Uncharted 4. Oh, nice. Which is really expensive. <laughs> like, you mean to, to play or to have made? To to have made okay <laughs> like it it's incredibly beautiful and it shoves this in your face all the time and like every time i see a, one of these gorgeous vistas and like my first reaction isn't that this is gorgeous is that this must have been really expensive <laughs> um they so i'm gonna i'm gonna presume people know what uncharted is it's a, a it's a game the series is about uh an Indiana Jones type character who is going treasure hunting and the gameplay is um, varied between like a cover based shooter and mist style puzzles and uh, running and jumping and climbing. Um, and they've made a couple of important changes to this. One of which is if you put the combat on ver and like the easiest setting, it is now actually trivial 
it is now actually like oh, good. I was just going to ask very you very that, hard to lose. I, um, I I have I would like to play this game, but I have zero interest in chest high walls. So yeah, like and even like I, I even enjoy a good shooter in Uncharted. Like I've never thought their combat system was good, and it's always been a frustration point for me. Like I'm always super cognizant. Like oh good another. 20 fucking dudes coming out of nowhere. Um, and um, so now like combats are like, um, like it, it kind of sucks that they still have them, frankly, because they really, it, it's still 20 dudes. It's just, they're easy to kill yeah, and you're 20, done with it really quickly. That can't hurt you. So. <laughs> right. The body count um, in these games is really high. It seems like. Yeah. It, it's pretty ridiculous. Like it, it's, close to it like they actually give you statistics on the stat screen and like these like by the end of it you've probably killed close to a thousand people um and so like i my history with uncharted has included a lot of being frustrated at the length of the combat sequences um and that's not there anymore that frustration isn't there anymore and oddly enough what the result of this and i don't know like if something's changed or if it was always there is now I'm frustrated by the length of the platforming sequences and the cutscenes, And like, so eventually you just get to look at the box and be like, Oh, that was good. That was a good box. (laughs) And like, I I don't know if this means they were always too long or if now it's just, Oh, now that this, this annoying thing is out of the way, I can be annoyed by the thing behind it. Right, it's all bad. It just turns out that the worst thing is just whatever the current worst thing is. <laughs> right. Uh, and I, in terms of story pacing, I felt like I was coming up on, like, I was like eight hours into the game uh, this weekend. I thought, I, was, I feel like I'm coming up on the climax of the game. It turns out I'm about halfway through it. And and I, the only way I could tell was by, like, I, I looked uh, at a chapter list. And I saw, oh, I'm on chapter, like, 10 of 20. Uh, so that goes for the entire game. This whole thing is too long. The other thing that they uh, changed up is that um, one of the criticisms this game has gotten, one of them actually is that you kill too many people. So that's it's too bad they weren't able to do anything about that. But um, another one is that the platforming tends to be pretty trivial in that there's no danger to it. You just kind of thought, move around the space, I and you could fall and die. You can technically, but um, if you know what cues, to, like there are cues to indicate, like that you can safely make a jump, and if hmm. uh, you know if Nathan Drake is reaching out his arm to indicate that you can safely make the jump, you'll never miss. But doesn't it? Like, and, can't you like jump for something and then it? Like, like a rope and it snaps and that's bad. That's all scripted and never turns out badly. Oh, really? Okay. For some reason, I assume yeah. that there would be like, th- like things that you could do in the world that would result in your death and you'd have to like... Oh, yeah. No, there's no traps like that. Huh? Right, right. Wow. Okay. And like the, the result is, is a huge dissonance between how dangerous this like climbing around on a cliff should feel... Versus how dangerous you, how endangered you feel as the player. 
Um, yeah, but do you see? I mean, they're going for more of a movie than a game, right? So, I mean, you don't. Well, like, you you want to feel thrilled by climbing around on a cliff face, right? Yeah, but and do it, you want to feel? Just, but do you want to feel thrilled because of the threat of wasting time and having to start over and try it again, or do you want to feel thrilled for the way that you feel thrilled when Indiana Jones successfully negotiates a series of traps? Well, this is. This is what video games are. All they can do is waste your time. Like I, that. I feel it's like not, you, you are concerned it's not that thrilling, Indiana un- Jones is gonna is gonna fall. Like you, you like your empathetic response kicks in. And- right, and he doesn't, and that can also be true in a video game. Is my point. I mean, uh, so one difference is that Indiana Jones maybe spends thirty seconds climbing a cliff. But this is a third of the game, a third of Uncharted. You like this guy is doing so much ridiculous uh, climbing for hours and hours and hours, and making crazy jumps casually and never falls, and is always luck. And part of the part of the part of it is that his character is just very lucky. That's how it's written. Um, But so it's it's like it's like Anne Rand's video game. I yeah I guess yeah, like, he's not lucky he's good. <laughs> he well it, it's also very clearly like oh the 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 rope only half snapped you know like that's that's not something you can do on purpose. Um, but so what they did to change this up in uh, the new game is they have added um, ways you can lose uh, in the form of like rock slide like areas that you can't hold on to that you start sliding down and you have to time your jumps off of um and uh grapple points that sometimes you need to uh hit while in the air um and neither of these things are very hard to do but they do add just a little bit of like oh i can actually fail this and i have failed them a couple of times so it feels like oh i'm actually in some danger now which is nice. Okay. Yeah. Did you play <laughs> the first three, Jim? Yeah, I did. I've played all the Uncharted games. Okay. Including the Vita one, which wasn't very good. I only ever played no, the That's first. the only one I could play. <laughs> you, sh- you should play one of the other ones instead. You should well, get I don't a, have a PlayStation. You should get a PlayStation 3 and play Uncharted 2. Okay. Is that- Wait, no, because it has the terrible combat. You should get a PlayStation 4 and play Uncharted 4. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to buy a PlayStation 4. Okay. They should release it on PC. Come on, nasty dog. I think they're going <laughs> to do that. I know. I know, and it makes me sad. I also want to play the best of us, uh-huh. but they're not. nasty best dog is not going to release that <laughs> on the PC either. We, uh, we, we have to play that at some point. I believe. I know. Is that or is that an assignment someone's asked yeah, for? Yeah, I mean, the, eventually, when 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 we get to the new office, there'll just be a PS4 setup. So I, I'll, maybe I'll just play Uncharted Four because if I can play it at work. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you well, go. Like why not? Bloodborne Two. Yeah, there's a Bloodborne Two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought the subtitle is also. <laughs> I thought the PS4 could only play games that that were the fourth in the series. I thought that's how <laughs> it worked. Fallout 4. Yeah. Uncharted 4. Yeah. Oh, it's like how every, every, uh, every Nintendo DS game had to have initials that were DS. Like Dark Souls. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> if you count Demon Souls as the first one, then Dark Souls 3 on the PS4 is the fourth one. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Was there that no one, uh, Demon classic, Souls That classic Metroid game on the DS. Damn, Samus. <laughs> <laughs> that Dan Samus, that was her father's name. <laughs> It's, well, because it's like Japanese. Uh, Samus, Samus Aaron, Don. like Aaron was her yeah. first name, and <laughs> Samus was the family name. Yeah, Don. <laughs> okay. I played uh, a little bit of Duskers, which I really want to play more of. I, I like. I downloaded it while I was on my laptop, and I don't want to play it on a laptop. Basically, like, I want to play it on a real keyboard because you have to switch between the keyboard and arrow key. You have to switch between the keyboard and a different part of the keyboard <laughs> a lot of the time. Did I talk about, on this podcast, about meeting Tim Keenan on a plane in the context of Duskers? No. Yes. Well, yes, maybe. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't I don't need to rehash that story. I just Correct. was... That was a neat story about me. Oh, oh, where you just he just happened to show you the game that he was working on, and it was Duskers. It, it was conceptual at that point. He uh. was just talking about what the game was, and, mm. and yeah. I took credit for um, the game turning out to be command line based. So, what is this? Because that was something I. F- <laughs> so it is a game where you are. It it's pretty abstract. You are controlling these drones that are exploring derelict spacecraft, uh, scavenging for fuel and supplies and other drones and stuff. And it's very, it's, it's, it's roguelike in that it's like procedurally generated places. Um, I don't really, I haven't played enough of it to really get it. Like you're opening and closing doors and powering and unpowering rooms so that you can open and close other doors and you have like one guy that's got it. It's, it kind of, it's like a real time, uh, suspended that Infocom game where you have uh-huh. a bunch of different robots that you're controlling and they have different verb sets, uh-huh. except you, you can like equip these drones with different verbs. Um, it seems like you have to avoid enemies or just it's game over. Like the, my first game ended when I fucked up and let an enemy into the room where a couple of my drones were and they were instantly killed. So I think you're just supposed to not do that. And I don't exactly understand how it happened, but, uh, but again, I was playing it on a very small screen and I, you know, wasn't paying a lot of attention. So <laughs> it's, I, it, it seems cool. Like the way that you issue commands to these drones via a command line, like you can grab onto one and move it around with the arrow keys, but you can also just say like navigate one R three and that will just send drone one to room three if it can. And you can like, you have one drone that has like a generator so he can hook into power inlets that then power the room. And then there's another one that has a motion detector. So it will tell you if there are like threats in adjacent rooms and you can like open doors between two adjacent rooms to wait for the threat to move from one of them to another one and then seal it into that room so that you can then explore the first room without, uh, without worrying about it. And it just seems to be like resource management. Like you're trying to find like impulse fuel to get around in the sector that you're in and like warp fuel to progress through the, the larger game. Uh, you can tow other drones out. If you, you can find like, 
busted drones and rescue them and maybe they have new verbs on them you can find like wrecked drones that are just new verbs um but yeah it seems super cool it's just real systemsy yeah it sounds really interesting yeah so so this is just almost almost entirely for my benefit there's there's no mouse control or anything like this in this game. There's no like there is alternative. I mean, okay, I, I, like I think you can maybe do everything with the mouse. Okay, like, maybe th- not though. This like I- this was the conversation I was having with Tim. Was I was trying to convince him to remove mouse support from this game because my experience with uh, interfaces is that. The first way I learn to do something is the way I do it forever. And when I'm learning a system that does both mouse and command line stuff, what I learn is a mishmash of like mouse and command line based on whichever tutorial I find first or whatever it is. And I feel like a lot of people think this way and it's just so much cooler to do everything command line that it's better to force people to learn that. The tutorial definitely makes you do everything at the command line okay. or, or direct arrow, con- arrow key control of one of the drones. Okay. Um, which I don't know if that's ever necessary. Right. Okay. I, mm, I'm curious. I would rather just play at the command line. Yeah. And I think that you might be, I think you can just say like, gather all and it will just move around to where the stuff is to pick up like you don't maybe you don't ever have to move around i'm curious now i would rather always play the game in the zoomed out tactical view also like right. just playing it like a board game but i don't know if you're allowed to do that i think you might there might be stuff that you can only see when you're in the like you know like drone radar thing it's yeah. very stylized it's like a 200 meg game yeah, I, I haven't played the any any version in. I've, I've played this game like a year ago, and I get the impression that it it feels very much like a vector art on a shitty CRT monitor kind of a game. Yeah, kind of a presentation. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, and it looks like a it looks like a just a fake movie computer UI. Like it's Good. it's got just Those like a win, it's got like a windowing system, and you know yeah. you can. I played a little bit more. I solved one more Steven Sausage Roll puzzle. <laughs> but that felt good. Good. I'm 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 two puzzles away from finishing the first like region at this point and I and just man, that game is so fucking hard. <laughs> Yo, if you just keep coming back to it. To yeah, progress. I mean, I yeah, I was surprised. It, I think it I does get a little frustrating I, when there's only like one left because you, you can't sort of move around and try different things in different levels. But yeah, that is the thing that I really don't th- that like. I get why they did it in this game, but I do kind of wish that you know maybe you only had to solve X minus two. We we talked about this before. Like maybe you only have to solve X minus two of the X puzzles right. before you can move on to another set of X puzzles. Um. Because it's, like, on you, you know? I mean, somebody's argument was, like, well, what if that puzzle teaches you a trick that you need to know in order to beat a puzzle in the second level? You're, like, you're really, like, shorting yourself. But it's, like, on you to do that. And I guess it's a question of whether the game has a responsibility to be fun or not. One thing I do in games like this is when I'm stuck on something 
I'll try an earlier thing that I didn't finish. Yeah, but this doesn't really give you the opportunity to do that. Right, right. right? But well, I'm saying I'm saying this in response to the people who are like, "What if you need a trick?" Yeah, like I I would probably go back and learn it that way. Yeah, that's that's my argument also. I understand that. I understand the choice. I mean, it's a bit, like the way that it's done is very uncompromising, and it's very much like what it is. Because I also still, I've still been playing a bunch of Imbroglio. Imbroglio, Imbroglio. If, if <laughs> is is part of the fun for you not knowing how to pronounce it? Because you, could, you could look it up. Yeah, but it would be that an would IPA, be and I don't. Yeah, well, you I could mean, pro- <laughs> like even if it was an IPA, I bet you could tell whether there's a G in it. Mm. The, I mean, that the dictionary works exactly like the game, though. You go to the dictionary, you copy somebody else's definition, like, the way that they pronounce the word, and that's just how yeah, you do yeah. it for now. <laughs> Whoever's got the best pronunciation, everybody chooses that one. Oh, man, speaking of the dictionary, uh, by the time this comes out, you'll be able to play some of uh, some of the puzzles that Merriam-Webster bought from Kevin on merriam Hopefully, yeah. And uh, maybe at Merriam Webster's Twitter. Man, if they don't do it, if they suddenly decide, nope, these these suck and are for buttholes, we're not using them. I'll regret having talked about it on both of our podcasts tonight. <laughs> How uh, will they know which ones are yours, Kevin? We'll tell them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna blast the fuck out of our social media, like just just blast. Send it. an email blast. <laughs> yeah. I kind of hate that term a lot, but. Yes. Well, yeah, it's it's what they call spam when they don't want to call it spam. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's a term that exists to be hated. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna send a real email taint. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a real email moist. <laughs> Just words that people don't like. Yeah, is uh, taint moist. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Why have email in there at all? What about you, Kevin? Uh, I have basically not played anything new or interesting uh, since the last show. Have you continued to play Hearthstone? Uh, I sort of nominally. I I do the quests, I guess. Um, And I I have not yet seen today's uh, Tavern Brawl, so I don't know what the new one is this week. It's it's weird. It's it is it a, is it one they've done before? No, it's a new one. That's you cool. um, Bloodborne, you, Bloodborne, Bloodborne. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys want to talk about uh, uh, our assignment? If you guys actually wanted to talk about no, that, then nope. like I, <laughs> no, no, it's okay, buddy. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's the assignment, about the assignment expand. So this game made me realize that uh, there are just things about myself that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about this journey. Well, so I, I so I found myself very angry at the game, but I'm angry at the game because I cannot, I just cannot wrap my head around like polar coordinates or whatever you want to call Kevin. Kevin, yes. did you play this game with a keyboard? Yes, that's all I have. That's all my. That's the only tool I have available okay. to me. I, I want. This is something I want to say right up front. I pl- I used both because okay. I wanted to see what what was different. And 
if you play with the controller, it does not use polar coordinates. What? It's just you push left and you go left. No, that's exactly what. I, why doesn't the keyboard work that way? I have no <laughs> idea. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I have no idea what led to this decision. I. Uh, it's mm, baffling. I can't imagine. I mean, uh, I, I was not able to play it because it wanted a more recent version version of the Mac operating system than what I have. But I watched like a half an hour of it on YouTube and I can't imagine how it would even work playing with a keyboard. You just, it, it's, it's clockwise, counterclockwise in and out are the, are wow. The that, that would have been fucking impossible. It, it, what, like I was, I was infuriated it. Like I just, I had to stop playing. I played through, I got, two of the pieces or I got to the end or like what I hope was close to the end of the, the second piece and I just I had to stop playing I was so angry because you like I would finally get so, I'm, I'm really impressed that you got that far I would finally get to the end of like a super hard segment and then accidentally touch like a red wall and have to start over again and like ten times the checkpointing was generous some of the time and the checkpointing was really bullshit some of the time yeah, I, 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 I think I have a, I think I know why so there are some parts of the game, like, and this is usually right at the end of a, a world of like a, a level before you get the little pink block, mm-hmm. uh, where there is a wall moving towards you and you have to run away from it. And I think it doesn't checkpoint you while those walls exist because it can't, it, it, he, he didn't, the, the developer didn't want to, um, just guess where the wall would have been because it's the ch- right because the because it's based on one your performance. continuous right yeah. right um but it's such a uh contrast to the generous checkpointing in the rest of the game that i really think it was a design mistake the the point that i got stuck at is the point from the screenshot that is the backdrop of the steam page like that's where i gave up uh-huh. i got i got two of the pieces I got the west one and the north one, and then the, in I got almost to the end of the east one, and I just like kept the end of the east one was where I I just gave up. I think. Yeah, me too. Like that, and and that that is the screenshot on the Steam page. So that, like this is clearly like what whoever made that Steam entry feels like the game is, or, but or it, at least like the prettiest thing. Like I, I think it, it's similar in that, and similar to like bullet hell shooters in that it's trying to be both pretty and level design Mm -hmm. at the same time and sometimes these things conflict i i like this game and i wish that i hadn't bounced off of it like i wish i wish that i had seen it through yeah me too and that's that's because i had a lot of fun like i hated i hated myself more than i hated the game but i was just so angry that i just couldn't couldn't do it I cannot even imagine trying to play it where left is clockwise and right is counterclockwise, or, I mean, obviously the opposite of that. No, I don't even know. <laughs> right. Well, it's different depending on whether you're above or below the, yep. the center. And yep. the fact uh. that that, that makes the fact that it failure causes the whole Thing world to rotate. To rotate oh, God. That, <laughs> that like makes that like a weird punitive measure instead of a just, cool stylistic choice like a cool like oh let's make this slightly different man i you know it said put on a headphone and 
Use a controller. Put on a headphone and get a control. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so I just did both of those things. And then I was like, this music is making this game boring. <laughs> like, I, I agree with the guy in our forums who was like, the the music is nice, but it's a bad choice for this kind of game. Did you because see that, the, that it's the edit after that, though, which was, oh, it turns out this music is all procedurally generated? Oh, huh. Is that, is that true? That's what. That's, that's kind what of the, incredible. That's what the post I, I don't know whether this is true or not but it's sure 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 it is apparently based entirely on your progress through and if you, that, that system yeah. is fully invisible because i didn't yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it's, it's like your fault what is the uh <laughs> potential yeah I've what, are they, it what do they call the music system from like uh monkey island i muse i muse yeah. yeah that amazing thing that like check out this amazing thing we've done that no one notices yeah like, uh, well i mean i noticed it but like i'm a musician so yeah it, it it's one of those things where it's like we could have just not done this and almost no one would have cared right yeah right? I mean, we could have done certain, something way like, cheaper and yeah certainly like i wouldn't have thought it would be was bad music if it didn't have the transitions yeah like yeah. No, that was someone's passion project, and they never, like, did anything as elaborate as Monkey Island 2 again. I mean, I think that I can imagine the impulse to be like, all right, well, I'm a musician, but I'm making a video game, so I want to do something as complicated as the other stuff in this video game. Like, I want to do something that's, like, programmatically challenging. Yeah. And so, you know, you make this amazing system, but it's like, that just turns out to be a thing that, like... As no, it turns out, saw, it doesn't, you get really serious diminishing returns. Yeah, it was like the stuff that, uh, fuck, what's the NeverEnding Nightmares guy's name? Matt, Matt Gilgenbach. Matt Gilgenbach. He, in his postmortem of, uh, retro, retrograde. Retrograde? Yes. yes. His weird, like, reverse shooter <laughs> rhythm game thing. He started talking about how, like, every background in that game is this, like, crazily procedurally generated thing that you, j nobody even looks at. Like, it could have just been a single texture repeated infinitely, yeah. and there would have been no reduction in quality, but he spent months like making just, the system for doing that procedurally generate yeah. Yeah. yeah well and similarly like who looks at the background of rock band but that was probably the bulk of the like aside from licensing the music the bulk of the cost of the development of that game yeah uh but i, I you need that stuff to sell the game because when you're not playing the game you're look like before you play the game you look at screenshots and oh. And and when you're just spectating because these those are like that's a social game, right? <laughs> so, well, yeah, Rock so, Band is Rock Band has a better excuse for it because it is social, but nobody's playing Retrograde socially. But I mean, the, I don't think you can make that same argument for iMuse, right? Because that's right. not a thing that shows up in screenshots. That's true. No, I, I like it's the thing that shows up. I, I think iMuse was shots. like Michael Land <laughs> thought it would be awesome. Yeah. The. I liked this game a lot more when I took off the headphones and put in my earbuds and listened to podcasts while I was playing it. Hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, I got into it, it, it produced a nice kind of flow state, right? Like sure. it had some really satisfying moments where it was like, ah, oh, cool. I just like beat this tricky thing on the first try because like I'm kind of internalizing the rules of yeah. this world where things like sort of fall into the event horizon of the center 
sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. The, I, I started to get frustrated by how long some of the visual transitions took. Yeah, that's you know, like especially the second and third and ninth time you'd seen them. Well, yeah, the um, the 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 respawns were just long enough to to make you you go a little nuts. Yeah, you know? and I I wish that they had been a little bit more thoughtful about that. Like I wish that the world definitely always got out of your way, but only just got out of your way, you know, yeah. as opposed to like, we're going to slowly build this pathway for you. Like, no, we're going to slowly build this pathway for you unless you get close to a place where you can't go. In which case, we're going to speed it up a little bit because like, we all know what you're trying to do here. Like, yeah. and we all know how many times you've seen this before. Like, right. I, I almost really <clears throat> liked this game. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It, like, it reminded me in a couple of respects of Super Mario Galaxy. Like, and one of them is the superficial, like, like you're going around, you're going both above and below, like, a planet. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of confusion there with, um, like, with up and down and gravity. Right. Um, but the other one, and which, which I thought, which actually really bothered me, was that, bothered me in both games, both this and Mario Galaxy, was that you're doing a thing and then when you do that it immediately presents it presents you with another thing with no other with with like no like connection or sense of pacing and it just keeps doing that until you're out of things to do and that's the how levels work in those games something that i did find really interesting about it was that i always knew where i was supposed to be going even though where i was supposed to be going was, yeah, it was not never indicated marked. Yeah, yeah that that's Which, cool that's nice actually like what do you mean because, it wasn't I marked mean, the entrances and exits were sort of stylistically they were, they no were, i mean when you're in a when like, you're in a sort of a level you you're just it, trying to get to a space on the screen that's not styled at all you oh, knew it because it was like the it, the opposite end of the tunnel I mean, yeah, 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 the exits but, between rooms when you're out in the main but it never thing, says yeah. exit on yeah, it yeah it doesn't it doesn't explicitly spell it out but it always communicates it pretty effectively yeah like, but because there was, I thought that like, was really well, cool almost never a branching pathway sure 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 but okay. but it does it didn't feel like that that's true. You know, I, like it, it, the first the first couple of rooms I went into it, I was like, "Oh wow, that's, this is like a, a complicated maze that I'm gonna have to explore or something." And it turned turned yeah, out. Yeah, I thought that stuff that. that in the hub world was kind of complicated and con- unnecessary, given that the bulk of the game is not that. Yeah, the hub world felt like the sort of bad parts of Atari Adventure, <laughs> <laughs> where it's like we're not gonna reveal the path until you walk towards it, kind right. of thing. Yeah. Which is kind of bastiony now that I think about it. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, um, but it. I Zach, I want to play. Do you think the you would like Bastion better if you pasted like a a a frame around the screen so you could only see like a, a circle in the middle? Yeah, maybe. I think it would make the combat arenas harder. Oh yeah, but yeah. Maybe do, I would. Do, do you think the game would be? Do you think Bastion would be fundamentally different if the levels were just all there and didn't pop in? Just I time? think they just did that because it was cool. Yeah, I, I like. I, I don't think that was. Yeah, it just it sets a mood. It sets like an otherworldly mood. I think that I would like Bastion. If, it also shows you where you've been and where you haven't been yet. Okay, but like there are other ways to convey that. I I would like Bastion if I never got lost in Transistor. 
Okay. Right. Like transistor made it clear. Like these are where the walls are. These are where the exits are. This is where the level is. And Bastion did not do that because you had to like, oh, maybe I just didn't happen to walk near this exit. I, I want to play the version of expand that is not, that doesn't have this circle geometry applied to it. Like I want to do the one where you're just moving from left to right in a rectangular mm. space. I am convinced that the physical, like I think this game uses like box 2D and the box 2D model actually is a rectangle. Yeah. They, I, I, I like, I was imagining that they built this as rectangles and then they just, just mapped it onto it a circle. Yeah. Well, I think they built it like that, but with the intention of, oh, of with the, sure, stylistically. Cer- yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and I think that the version of it in a rectangle would be way easier. Yeah. What, um, what would it look like? So the, the portions of the levels where the, the circle is sort of as you move, Things are receding down into the middle, or or expanding. It would be from things scrolling off the bottom. You'd just of the be screen. scrolling up it, and yeah, you'd just, just be scrolling, scrolling up and down. Yeah, yeah. That's my sense of it. Yeah, huh. yeah. Because it feels very different when it is applied to. Yeah, no, it it's does, crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's like wow. This is this is like a like an Inception visual effect. Yeah, well, it, it also like, like very clearly reminds me of uh, Super Hexagon, which does uh, a similar thing. Yeah, Super Hexagon, and what's that? thing we saw at XOXO where the where the guys marching around the circle and you jump circa circa infinity yeah yeah yeah. that's what I thought this game was when Teddy described it oh Um, but it's not this in a lot of ways this felt to me like uh, we talked about this a little bit at dinner like a like a HD version of a congregate game like I we made it we made a game that was 15 minutes long that seemed cool as a proof of concept so then we just like did a steam release that was a bunch more of it with a level structure and some better assets yeah similar to how uh, super hexagon expanded on hexagon the flash game I never played Hexagon. It's like a kind of worse version of the first level of Super Hexagon. <laughs> I see. Sort of like how Naya's Quest was a bad oh. deluxe version of VVV VVV. <laughs> I was going to say Maverick Bird. Okay. Okay. Oh. When, when Terry Cavanaugh invented a genre with Maverick Bird. <laughs> mm. what, uh, what is our next assignment? So, in spite of the fact that all I know about it is that the PC version is apparently real technically garbagey, uh, we're going to go with Riff's suggestion that we play Dangerous Golf. Oh, okay. Because I am interested in a garbage glitch experience ah. all of a sudden. I hadn't heard I, of Michael Bro. Fi- the- Michael Bro finally made a game that didn't uh, look like glitchy garbage, so I want to... I, I mean, I'm, I'm into it. Like, if it, dangerous golf sounds cool conceptually, and if it turns out to be a garbage glitch experience, we can talk about that. Yeah, that's true. Also, Michael Bro made 868 Hack, which is a gorgeous game and is not glitchy garbage. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. But, <laughs> um, yeah, dangerous golf. I've just heard, I think Jim and I both heard on this week's Giant Bombcast about a lot of technical issues with the PC version of it. And I don't know what other versions of it there are. Yeah, but apparently, the PC version is especially if you have a uh, uh, Oculus headset plugged in, it'll like, yeah, and you can't, it'll think it's supposed to be on the Oculus. Um, it, 
is it does not apparently have mouse and keyboard support on PC. How so do you play it? With a controller or not at all. Hmm. Okay. So uh, are you going to be back from Barbados in enough time to... Sure. Yeah. What else, what else are you doing while you're in Barbados? Uh, I'm going to go to a couple of rum distilleries and drink all of their rum. Hmm. That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're making it as fast as they can. No, stop him. I I get to. Do you like rum? Uh, Yeah, I do. I like rum drinks. Um, I'm not a huge, like, uh, like just sipping rum person. Okay. It was like, as opposed to rum sandwiches. (laughs) There's a lot of rum foods. Here, there's rum cakes and okay. rum balls. Okay. It's rum everywhere. It's rum all the way Deep down. Deep fried rum. <laughs> I've not seen any yet, but I'm sure it's on its way. What else do you get to do? Uh, besides, besides rum, uh, that's that's it. It's mm-hmm. just the beach and rum. That's all. That's that's all the strip is. Pirate's life for you. Yep, it's kind of great. Ahoy. Get a metal detector. That's what cool guys at the beach do. <laughs> yeah. Build a fortress out of driftwood. I've not seen any Build driftwood. a replica of Sen's fortress out of driftwood. We'll throw some trees into the ocean and then wait and then build a fortress <laughs> out of driftwood. Uh, you know, do, do you guys, do you guys want to know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? I'd love to. I'm desperate to find out it was brought to us by our generous patreon backers who you can find at patreon.com slash vghd oh i I mean that's probably not why you're gonna go there you're gonna go there because you want to become one of our generous patreon supporters your money allows us to do things like pay jim's bart bills (laughs) and to pay bart's gym bills (laughs) (laughs) it is especially cleaning up after me children who do not age to stay in shape uh uh, and, yeah, and so by, technically, these you Patreon backers are also paying for train hot dog because I recorded on those Bart rides. Oh, that's true. that's tr- well, but it's not like you. It's not like you're billing us for that time. Like it doesn't cost you more to record yeah. train hot dogs. Is, is than the it IRS listening to this? To just Zach? not do the recording <laughs> in case they do. Let's not talk about our arrangement. Well, so you're not like on the clock, right? It's a. It's you're being. Well, reimbursed for the trap for the travel expenses. Yeah, none of us are, okay. none of us are like drawing a salary from the Patreon. Money yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like yeah, you could be doing train hot dog or not doing train hot dog. It doesn't cost the Patreon backers anymore. Just let them have this. Just let them think that they're paying for train hot dog too. Okay. I think I wonder what the overlap is between the like 60 or 70 people who listen to every episode of train hot dog and the, and the what 150 people who are, who are Patreon backers. I'm curious too. hundred percent, hundred percent overlap. Definitely. Anyway, thank you so much, uh, to, to our Patreon backers for, for believing in this enough to, to toss us a few bucks. Like it, it really means a lot. And like I have been so much more judicious about editing and publishing stuff since it became a thing where 
other people were committing money to it than I was before, which leads me to wonder what the fuck is wrong with me. But, <laughs> but not really. I mean, it's a real thing. Like I like now it's what, a job. Now we, well, yeah, yeah, now we owe you shit. Yeah. Now we owe you shit. <laughs> it's weird, huh? Um, I'm glad that at least one of the postcards, uh, arrived. <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah, apparently. So they, they were not okay, all good. just burned I- or, in a hole I would eventually like for someone other than me to write some of these postcards. Oh, like yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm working got, on a big old stack yeah. of them. I mean, Kevin gave me a big uh, box of them to fill out. Okay, yeah. but then when it came time for to send out the second month's worth of postcards, Kevin was like, "None of us did it. Like, <laughs> Will you do it again?" I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So then I wrote, uh, "I got a hundred more." So. And I went out of my way to try to make all of them funny. They're, yeah, yeah you know, un- I get to read them all. You, you set a really good. fucking high standard, Unused. Zach. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> well, the the well, first one, the first ones, they just said video games hot dog, and it was just variations on pod you for thanking our support cast or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, but but yeah, the the like my problem with right, like I I have a hundred of these things I have to fill out. And I've sat down and I was like, I'm writing like, okay, I need to write a hundred one-liners about podcasting. And it's super hard to do that without going into the mode where, like, you're writing the same, th- like, you can't make the same joke. A- oh, like, well, you, you start making the joke that requires you to have read all the previous <laughs> lines. <laughs> See, I was right. Re- I just oh, wrote like jokes for these. I just wrote jokes about what was on the postcard. Yeah. Not, that's, oh, that's, that's brilliant. That's not about yeah. I'd like the podcast. Scribble, okay. scribble a comment on the, across the picture on the front of the card. And then on the back of the card, I've just been putting things like, you know, thanks for supporting our show. Oh, that's an interesting take. See, this is great, actually. This is going to be a thing where even if one listener just randomly gets the same postcard twice, like, I feel like we could probably buy four more boxes of these postcards, and statistically, (laughs) it would still be pretty unlikely that that the same listener would get the same postcard twice. They're good postcards. They're like these weird French educational posters that have been transferred to postcards. They're... The ones about plants are really hard to make jokes about. <laughs> no, come on. Step up your plant joke game. Jants. Um, Puns have got to be pretty easy, right? You just, like, change one letter in the word to another letter. Ha, ha, ha. So, like, plant becomes plunt. Yeah. Oh, oh and then plunt. Yeah. Good. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> Wait. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If you're working way too hard. You've solved it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> there becomes, is a really good a one. planned after a while. There is a really good one where there's a big picture of a of a whale, and then underneath the whale for scale, there's a surprised-looking elephant, and it looks like this, the <laughs> elephant is surprised because it's looking at the whale's dick. <laughs> okay. I See, mine, my impression of that whale was that why does a whale have a weird bone that's not connected to any of the other bones on its skeleton that oh it's like alaska yeah it's like the hawaii bone (laughs) Um, anyway uh so yeah those these postcards with uh personalized jokes written by us are one of the many benefits of backing us on patreon at patreon.com slash vghd um you also get access to our slack which is pretty lively pretty fun a lot of uh a lot of there was so much Overwatch chatter that we uh, created an Overwatch channel for people to 
uh, group up and play Overwatch. Oh, I also played a bunch of Overwatch with uh, <laughs> Video Games Hot Dog <laughs> listeners. And uh, we did not do very well, but it was pretty fun. It's fun to, it's fun to be in a in a team chat with people that are inclined to like you. People really seem to like Overwatch. I mean... Like, a lot of people are into that game. Blizzard doesn't do anything that a lot of people aren't going to like. Fair enough. You know? It's... They're not going to do... They're not going to release a game that is bad. Like, right. they might release a good game in a genre you don't care about, which is... Which is what's happening here for me. Kind of what's yeah. happening here for me, too, but, like, it, you're going to find something fun in it. Are people playing Heroes of the Storm? I don't know. Yeah, that's Anyone? the one. I'm not. I'm not heard anything about it, so that's the one that I'm like, huh, are people actually playing that one? Yeah, like maybe that one was just a failure. Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 245 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, it's okay to cry if you're sad. Have a great week, everybody. That was seven words, Jim. Uh, good, good night. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, oh, right. Be excellent to each other. Well, you could come up with a new one. Uh, not on the spot. One, two, three, four. F- that's five words. Okay. What? Okay. One, two, three, four, five is yeah. your new catchphrase? Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> If they cared about the, uh, if they cared about us, they would listen to video games hot dog.